talk about was strength. Um, where does our strength come from? Who are we looking to to be strong? Uh, I, I mentioned it before, but uh, this came to my mind again. I don't know if everybody here has heard the song Jaira. I know Lonnie has. But um, in that song, he says, I wasn't holding you up, so I can't let you down. Uh, a lot of times we feel like we've let God down. We've done something that um, that made him uh, disappointed in us in some way. But you're not holding God up, so how can you let him down, right? He's held, he's held up. All things are held up by the word of his power. And you're in, he's holding you up, right? You're not holding him up. Um, now, I know that there is a way to grieve the Holy Spirit, but this is when people decide that they're going to limit God and decide that he can't operate in his mighty, powerful way that he wants to operate. That's when you grieve the Spirit. There's a lot of churches, unfortunately, doing that, um, but that's not up to me to be concerned with except for to say that here we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't want to stop him from doing what he wants to do. So if you guys get a word from God and the Holy Spirit rises up in you and you want to say something, go right on ahead. Uh, maybe wait till I finish the sentence if I'm in the middle. My thoughts on that, but go ahead. Okay, so the first scripture is Philippians 4.13. And for new people, don't worry. You don't have to uh, set up your sleeping arrangements or anything. I'm pretty quick, okay? You don't have to put your jacket up and make a pillow. You're good. It'll be all right. Okay, <clears throat> so the first verse is, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Um, sometimes I like to just say I can do all things because I'm the man. No, I'm just kidding. But... God's the one who make, gives me the strength to do all things, right? Um, a lot of times there's songs or things that we change around here. If it says, my strength is failing, and the reason why you don't do that here is because how can God fail when he's our strength, right? Um, the next verse is, for the sake, oh, sorry, 2 Corinthians 12.10. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This one right here is hard, right? And then he says he's content with it, right? I might say I put up with it, but content with it? That's a little different, right? But he's, he's content even when people are insulting him, when he has hardships, people are persecuting him because, um, because of the gospel. But sometimes people just persecute you because they don't like you. I don't know how it's possible I like every single one of you guys. But not everybody does necessarily. <laughs> and you're not supposed to just put up with them, but be content. Because the person who, uh, who matters loves you with an everlasting love, right? Never leave you, never forsake you. And no matter what, somebody's spitting in your face. And sometimes when they're talking real loud and fast, it is spitting. You, God is for you. God is with you, and he's in you. And he loves you. He loves you even though he saw everything you were ever going to do for him. He still chose to love you and to give his everything for you because you're worth it to him. Isaiah 40, 29-31. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. So if you thought you were disqualified, you actually are qualified if you're weak, right? Qualified for his strength, right? Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary they
they shall walk and not faint. And to this, uh, a lot of this verse means that the way things look aren't the way they are, right? Because it looks like a youth would not fall exhausted, right? It looks like they won't grow faint and be weary because they have youth. But he's saying that even though they do, even though what you see fails, even though the strength that you can see with your eyes fails, his strength is still in you and he will renew your strength. I, I think awesome too, awesome part of this is that he doesn't say um, in these verses, a lot of times it says God will be your strength and stuff like that, but it doesn't say he'll be, he'll be strong in you. It says he'll give you the strength because he wants you to operate in the strength. Not just to have his strength, but you are strong. He makes you strong. Psalms 18, 1, 2, 3. I love you, Lord. I'm sorry. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. So it doesn't say I, wi I lift weights until I'm super powerful and I train to be a ninja and then I'm saved against my enemy. It says, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I'm saved from my enemies. Sometimes, um, like Abraham was tempted, he, God said, hey, you're going to have a son? He said, okay, let me work it out myself because he'd taken a long time in God. So he... Uh, Decided to get busy uh, with somebody else that wasn't your wife to make another son that wasn't going to work out, right? That wasn't the son of the promise. Um, so sometimes we try to get busy on God's behalf, right? We try to, we try to uh, help him out. God, I know you're working on this, but you're going a little slow. Let me just, let me just help you out. You know, I got this. I got this. Yeah, I know you're awesome, but I got this. I, I can take care of this. But that's not usually, I don't think it's a good idea. And Abraham, he probably thought it was a good idea at the time, but afterwards, not so much. All right, Ephesians 6.10. <clears throat> Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Um, and this part is one where it does say in his might, right, the strength of his might. But we are to be strong in him, in the strength of his might. So it is our might. It is his might. We get to have it because he's good and he came to live inside of us. And because when he came to live, he didn't leave his stuff behind. It's like if you come and move into a new house, you don't leave all your stuff at your old one. Well, some of us do. You're not supposed to really, maybe, typically. Typically, you move all your stuff with you. But especially if it's stuff that is you, right? So God is a lot of things. God is truth. God is love. God is strength. God is every good thing. So he's not going to leave any of that behind when he comes to live in you. Sometimes we feel like, okay, God came to live in me, but... Um, the place is so jacked up, he's, he's not able to do what he wants to do in me. But God is bigger than all that. That's why he said he makes all things new and old things pass away. Because he has come into you to be your strength, to be everything you need to live life in victory. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For us as Christians now, he not only says, I am with you, but he says, I am in you. In those days, they could only have God come upon them in power, but he didn't live inside of them, right? 
and the other pastors that are in part of this church are backsliding and they're texting and stuff right now, so I'll see messages on here because they're backsliding. I mean, hear them. That's backsliding. Just kidding. Um, Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. Of them. Of them. To me, this means anybody who's trying to make you afraid. Anybody who's trying to keep you from what God has for you because they can't. There's another verse that says anybody who stands in your way, they will fall because of you. They have to. There's no choice. It's like it says, no, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Just put your foot up and kick it down because you've already got it. He says you will trample snakes and scorpions. God has given you everything you need to be victorious. You are more than a conqueror. Um, and let me read the rest of that verse. So I stopped right there when I said, do not be in dread of them. Because right now, I, I just wanted to say, because sometimes you see them and you're like, who's them? Everybody who thinks that they weren't trying to make you afraid. Like you're not supposed to be afraid of anybody because nobody can stand before your God. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. This is amazing to me because this is the Old Testament. He will not leave you or forsake you. I mean, there's preachers nowadays that tell you that, you know, you got a booger hanging out your nose when you come to church, he left you. You know, the Lord no longer with you. Taking it to extreme, but if you do any little thing wrong, God's like, I'm out, bounce, whatever, as far as they're concerned. But that's not true. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Because he knew about that booger hanging out your nose before it ever happened, right? He knew it was going to happen. So he's not disappointed. And he decided to love you before it happened, right? Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This first start, uh, this sermon, my wife had suggested a topic that I kind of totally went off of it. So I'm glad she's in kids class instead of staring me right in the eyes right now. So I'm doing a little different. So um, <coughs> she wanted uh, me to talk about how um, we don't rely on the strength of the flesh. And I am in a, in a way, you know, that the strength that we have is from God, right? So this verse 2 exemplifies that, you know, even if your flesh and your heart fail, God is your strength and your portion forever. Even if you're trying to do good, but you're doing it in your own strength, you can fail. But God is your strength and he'll never fail. So in Abraham's case, it would be really sad if God said, well, you know what, you tried to you try to make your own son, you thought he would be what I was going to give you. So have that. Be happy with that. Deal with that. You decided to go ahead and do it. But he still gave him the son of the promise, right? He doesn't leave you where you are, even if you messed up, even if you chose to try to say, God, I, can't, I trust you, but maybe not as far as I thought I did because I'm going to try to put my own self into this a little bit. He still comes through in the end. Not only that, but he blessed the son of the failure. I don't know if you guys noticed. And he blessed that son. He said, you're going to be a mighty nation also. That's how good he is. That's how good he is. He takes your, your failures and he makes them good and then he throws his promise on top, right? Like super abundantly. He's a super abundant God. Nehemiah 8.10. 
Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord and do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's a lot of good things in this, but they bring out the funny stuff to me first. So eat the fat, right? So these days, we're not supposed to be, I mean, they say things like don't eat fat and some of that. They said, eat the fat. So I'm going to go with God's word. I don't know about you guys. I like what he has to say. I'm going to eat the fat. But also, <laughs> another funny verse I always like to use too when people say, hey, do you go running? You know, what's your exercise regimen like? And I say, well, usually I, I do this rep where I bring the sounds to my face like that. One, two. But otherwise, I read in the Bible where it says um, that the wicked man runs when nobody's pursuing. So I'm like, what the heck would I be running around for? I'm not wicked, right? So anyways, those are just little jokes, guys. <laughs> but, uh, but God is good. He wants us to enjoy life, and that's what he's telling these people. Hey, they're, they're, they're in a bad time right here. They're like, um, they're like in a bad time in the natural. They look around. They see everything looks like it's failing. Everything looks like it's bad. Everything looks like it's not going to work out. But he says, do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when you want to be strong, it's the joy of the Lord that's your strength. And that means you have to be joyful even when it looks like there's no reason to be joyful, right? That's why in another part it says, give the sacrifice of praise. Why would it be a sacrifice? Because sometimes it feels like a sacrifice to praise because you don't feel like doing anything except for, you know, depending on your disposition, laying on the ground the fetal position, crying mommy, or whatever it is that you do when you feel like you're overwhelmed and everything looks bad, you know? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's rejoice in the Lord, right? Every day. This is the day the Lord has, re has made. Let us rejoice in it. Psalms 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10. And I thought that one was pretty self-explanatory, guys, so I didn't go into anything on that one. Plus, I'm kind of going over my regular five-minute time, so I've got to move it along. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He has to seek one to s someone to devour because we're not devourable unless, you know, we put ourselves in that position. God's put us in the position of victory. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. These are a lot of good things God does for us, right? I wanted to bring out two those because I just said right now that to put ourselves in position and positional stuff. So I want to be clear when I say positional stuff, okay? Positionally, you have every good thing in Christ Jesus. Positionally, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So anything that a righteous man should get, you get. If you say, hey, um, I want my prayers to be heard for God, from God. God said that the righteous, the prayers of the righteous man avails much. And he said that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So in that way, you are every way in good position. And when I say position, I do not mean that you made a mistake, so now you're not in position. Or you somehow get yourself out of the position Jesus comes in because somehow you're stronger and your works are stronger than Jesus' work and you got yourself out. No, what I'm saying is stinking thinking, okay? That's the only way. You, there's no, you only have victory. You only have victory. The only thing that can do anything different is a lie can 
The devil can tell you you don't have victory, and you can agree with your mouth, and you're the only, your mouth is the one with power. The devil has no power. When you speak and come into agreement with him, then he gets what he wanted because you believe the lie, and you spoke it, and you gave it power with your mouth, which is created the image of God who created all things by the word of his power, right? So that's what I say when I say that. I wanted to clear that up because I don't want anybody leaving here thinking, oh, myself in the wrong position that I can't receive because I did this or that. The only way is if you believe that you're in the wrong position. You're in the right position because Jesus put you there. That's where you put your trust. If you put your trust in what Jesus did and you're not shaken from what Jesus did, then you cannot be moved. First Peter, oh, I already read that. Isaiah 12, 2. Let me check how many I got here. Whoa. Okay, so, sorry, Isaiah 12, 2, behold, God is my salvation, I will trust and I will not be afraid, for the God, the Lord God is my strength and my song, he has become my salvation, and I think I finished up with self-explanatory too, right, your salvation is in him, he is your salvation, not what you do, or anything else like that. The Lord, Psalms 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. In whom, of whom shall I be afraid? This one was awesome to me too because it's Old Testament and he's still saying he doesn't have any reason to be afraid, right? He doesn't even have a sacrifice of Christ that we have. He had to say stuff that we don't have to say. He said, create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. We don't have to say that because God did that in Jesus Christ. And he's still saying, I'm not going to be afraid. That's awesome to me because sometimes we're tempted to get into fear, right? Cuddle up with fear. Give it hot cocoa. I don't know. Psalms 59, 16. But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Proverbs 31, 25, and I'm probably going to just like rapid fire these off to bring us in for landing, guys. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Oh, so I wanted to mention about this one is that this is uh, from Proverbs 31 where everybody's talking about the unattainable woman, right? I call it that because people might say the perfect wife or woman or whatever, but it seems to me like the unattainable woman because like who wouldn't do all that stuff? <coughs> but with God, you're able actually to exceed in every way. But the point I want to bring out is, in this is that the perfect woman or whatever, what it says about her, one of the points, there's a bunch of them, which I didn't read through all of, you know, but one of them is strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She laughs at the time to come, which means she's not afraid about the future, right? She laughs. She laughs at the time to come. But how does she do that? Because she realizes that strength and dignity are her clothing. So she puts it on, right? You don't walk around naked, but you put it on. Put on strength. Put on dignity because they're yours. So walk in them, right? Psalms 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength. And sometimes, just to throw it out there as a practical thing for this, sometimes people might think, hey, how do I put it on? I mean, you know how to put your regular clothes on, thank the Lord Jesus, right? Or else we'd be running around like Adam and Eve in here. But 
So put this on. What you do is you you speak it. You speak the truth of what God gave you. You know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am strong. The Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You say those things and you rejoice. And that's how he also says it right in there. You get strong, what do you do? Rejoice. Be joyful in the Lord because it's your strength. Psalms 41, 1 through 3. Did I read that already? No. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, and these are the real important parts right here. This is Old Testament, but he's still saying this. There's, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And then Selah means think about it. Pause and reflect, right? So I haven't seen any of this stuff happen, and this guy says, don't be afraid. Some things may seem like this to us, but they're not as bad as even this, right? The mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. I haven't seen that. I don't know which TV you guys are watching in this program, but. <coughs> and still don't be afraid, right? A lot less has happened and a lot more fear has happened. So let's, uh, I would just say walk in the strength of the Lord God, right? And not be afraid. He loves us perfectly, so why would we fear? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be watchful and stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. So this verse seems like, um, to me, a little bit of a Mexican verse, right? Be men. Right? That's how these guys always treat me anyway. I don't know if that's regular Mexican style. But these guys over here, your sons, man. I don't know how you're raising these guys, but I'm just kidding. No, they're great. They're great. They're great, but they're like, man up, bruh. And then Hadid be like, ah, telling me that that's how I sound, you know, singing. <laughs> so pray for him, guys. Pray for him. Love on him. He needs all the love. He can get. I'm just kidding, Hadid. Just joking, man. <laughs> so the last verse is Colossians 1, 11 through 14. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So I'm going to be strengthened. Oh, and it looks like it's telling us to do something, right? Oh, actually, it's saying being, that we are being. It's kind of like you're a human being. You have to do something to be a human being. That's what you are. You're being a human being. So being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. You didn't qualify you. Your mama didn't qualify you. Your daddy didn't qualify you. Hadad sure as heck didn't qualify <laughs> He said the Father has qualified you. That's why I didn't wait for Hare to tell me that I can lead the sing songs, you know, because that would be still singing abroad and whatever. Anyway, uh, to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He did it. I didn't say like, oh, this is some shadowy land I'm living in. Let me move on over here to the light. He transferred us, right? I mean, I did have to put my trust in him, my hope in him. Then he did all the moving and the shaking and the making new. Um, in him, we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. It doesn't say forgiveness of some of your sins, the worst of your sins, most of your sins, the sins you did before today, the sins you did before you got saved, 
the forgiveness of sins for all time. Sin means missing the mark. So if you've ever missed the mark, if you've ever uh, <coughs> not lived up to the perfect standard of Christ, guess what? He forgave you. And he said, I want you to give me your life, and I want to give you mine. Because my life is perfect, and because I love you so much, I'm willing to suffer whatever it takes to make you mine. To give you what I have and take what you have. So people wonder what it is to be a Christian. What it is is to, to say, to repent, to change your mind. is to stop depending anymore on yourself. And to say, Jesus, I want to live in your work. I want to live in what you have done. I want to um, let your life live big in me. In Romans in order for us to know we need to be saved, he says that we confess with our mouth that he is Lord and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ raised him from the dead. If you've done that, you will be saved. That's what it says. It doesn't say, there's no other qualifications. No membership to a certain church. No, uh, nothing else on the outward physical thing that you have to do except for confess with your mouth, right? And believe in your heart. So I just encourage you, if you guys, I don't know if, um, also I know at least one person here wants to be baptized. When we next have a baptism, I'm not sure, but I'm going to work on it as soon as possible. So the, the requirements for that, the only thing for me to baptize somebody it required is that you confess. You can say, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, and that you believe in your heart that God rose him from the dead. And I can't see inside people's hearts, so I'm taking your word for it, right? Somebody comes up to me and says, yeah, I believe Christ raised, uh, that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm going to have to say, okay, it's time for you to get wet, you know? Because, <laughs> and the reason for the baptism, just so everybody is clear too, is a symbol that you have died to your old self and that Jesus Christ has raised you. You died with Christ and you rose again in new life with him so he can live his life through you, okay? So all of you, throw the one side, the glorious day.